Hi, everyone. My name is Mops Red, and I serve as the Associate Director of Campus Activities at Mass Clemson University. I'm also happy to be your host for the National Leadership Podcast presented by the Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. I'm fortunate to welcome three amazing guests today to discuss the ACC Leadership Symposium. Our first guest is Katie Colloran. Katie is the Associate Director in Duke University Center for Leadership Development and Social Action. Prior to working at Duke, Katie worked at Brown University and held a graduate assistantship at Harvard. Katie completed her undergraduate work at St. Michael's College and her graduate degree at Boston College. Our next guest is Andrew, Andrew Weimer. Andrew is the director of the Butler Center for Service and Leadership. Prior to his current post at the University of Miami, Andrew worked in leadership, service, global engagement, and admissions at Drury University. Andrew is a doctoral candidate at Colorado State University and completed his master's degree at the University of Central Arkansas and his undergraduate work at Doan University. And our final guest is Kate Radford. Kate currently serves as the associate director for student leadership and community engagement at Clemson University. Kate has worked in a number of capacities with leadership programs at Clemson and worked in student activities prior to her arrival at Clemson. Kate completed her master's work at Clemson and her undergraduate degree at Elon University. Welcome, everybody. Hi. Hello. Well, it's such a treat to have you all here. Um, so let's get started with our first segment. As most of the folks on the call are new, I thought it would be helpful to, to get a little bit of background about people, uh, about people um, interest in the field and sort of, you know, quirks and that sort of stuff. So, Katie, uh, I thought we could start with you. First off, welcome back to the podcast. You were one of the guests on our very first episode, and I'm just delighted to have you back to talk about the ACC Leadership Symposium. So, let's start with this. What is the best book you read in 2017? Thanks, Miles. It's good to be back to talk about another interesting and awesome program we do. Um, I saw this question and you reminded me that I actually had to go back and look through my list of books because I did the Goodreads challenge this year and read about 60 of them. <laughs> I was like, what is my favorite book? Um, so I went back through my list and I highly, highly recommend Homegoing by Yagayasi. Um, it's a book, it's family stories from a family in Ghana and it is a really amazing book and I recommend it to everyone. All right, that's awesome. Let's uh, shift to another uh, to another kind of um, of pop culture uh, consumption, I suppose. Andrew, I know you're a real movie buff. Um, so, which of the nominees do you hope is going to win Best Picture? Oh my gosh! Well, thanks, Miles, for having us. And um, I guess I'm going to go with you know my favorite movie didn't get best picture but i'm still going to go with it and it was coco and so that was like my best picture for the year and um i know it's up for um best animated film and i just love the storyline i love disney um but i'm going to go with that even though it's not up for best picture so i'm going to do a little um change over for you on your on your question so i hope that's okay but that's my favorite movie is coco oh gosh no of course that's okay i love a good protest <laughs> candidate what kind of what kind of leadership educators would we be if we were standing alive that that strictly you know um all right so kate my uh, dear friend and colleague in tigerdom uh can you please share with the world um about the wizard that's currently populating your home absolutely yeah it's a, it's a good story um so the the short answer or the um maybe rational answer to that is that I have a two, almost three-year-old who has discovered an imagination and with that has discovered some fears. Um, the, the longer, funnier version to that story is that that said almost three-year-old um, has decided that there is a wizard that is living at our house 
Um, and I don't believe he's a good wizard because there's some definite fear around <laughs> that wizard. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a number of, of imaginary creatures that are living in our home currently. One of those is mean Olaf, who, um, as best we can gauge, is the not-so-nice um, snowman that is in Frozen, not actually Olaf. Um, but the wizard, he um, has a pretty elaborate plan to get rid of in our home, and it typically involves me jumping around and doing some uh, kicks and, uh, yeah, jumping around, often resulting in or supposedly resulting in me putting the wizard into the fireplace. So it's, it's quite an ordeal in our home. Yeah, I was, I was really scared this week, and I, I shared my fear with Kate. This Mean Olaf wizard business, the thing that Kate didn't mention is that she's really gone through some trials with Mean Olaf and, and the wizard in the middle of the night, like a lot of midnight wake-up. <laughs> and I was very afraid that my son, who is two months younger than Kate's son, was going through a Mean Olaf wizard phase because he was not sleeping well this week. Turns out, I guess for better or worse, he had a double ear infection, um, you know, the good thing about that is, is that, you know, it's treatable, unlike, unlike this wizarditis, but, uh, but uh, you know, another round of antibiotics is probably not great. So, anyway, all right, well, thanks for sharing about, uh, about the wizard and me, Olaf. Um, Andrew, can you tell me, let's, let's keep on uh, the book train here for a moment. We asked, this, uh, we asked this question in all of our episodes, so I uh, selected you to answer it for this time around. What is the best book about leadership? Well, when I first got this question, I have so many favorite books about leadership, but one of the books um, that I've been able to recently use um, was Discover Your True North, Becoming an Authentic Leader by Bill George. And so I kind of keep that on my desk. My students always ask questions about it, about authentic leadership. And it's really been able to, I've had the opportunity to take that into the, some of my first-year leadership programs and make that as a component. Uh, just kind of really talking about authentic leadership and how we're true to ourselves and to our beliefs um, and how they can kind of really discover their own true north when it comes to leadership. And so that's been something that for the past, I would say, a couple of years now, um, that once I, once I was brought, brought onto that book, I've really kept that in my mindset um, and so use that with some of the work that I do. And it's been kind of almost my favorite right now. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Katie, that feels like uh, coming full circle based on our first conversation about the Duke Authenticity Project. Absolutely. And we actually, we love that book in my center because Bill George's wife, Penny Pilgrim George, actually supports our Penny Pilgrim George Women's Leadership Initiative. And oh, so yeah. I know both of them and really highly recommend all of their work. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, okay, Kate, what led you into leadership work? Yeah, great question. Um, so my background, uh, I, I did my undergrad at Elon University, as you mentioned, and without sounding cliche, I think I had a really transformational experience there as a student. Um, and never thought I would end up in leadership work, per se. I think I, I knew relatively early on in that experience at Elon that working in higher ed was incredible and um, that I wanted to be able to do that. But my background was actually in student activities, um, and that was sort of my involvement in college. Um, and I think I realized, it took me coming to grad school to realize that actually what I loved about that work, about um, being involved as a student leader um, in a positional way on, that pro on my programming board was the leadership development experience that I got and the ability to um, 
impact change and to be involved on my campus, but and to be involved in our local community as well. And so I think kind of in short, my sort of why statement for myself or sort of my belief about the world uh, or belief about the work that I do is that I just I have a desire to increase students' capacity to be able to do good in the world. And I think that the best way to be able to increase that capacity is through developing leadership ability. So that's what got me here. Okay. And uh, what keeps me here. Mm, same, same thing. Got same you thing. here and keeps you here. Wow, that's <laughs> great. Nice to hear. All right, Katie, let's, uh, let's end with this. I wanted to circle back to something you mentioned in our, in our pre-conversation and to talk about your love of books. I, I just need you to answer for me. Do you know that libraries are publicly funded? Yes. I was a little thrown by this question, Miles, but yes. I'm a huge library nerd, and I need everyone to go and get a library card and support their local libraries, please. <laughs> I, I, this is uh, referring to Kitty, I guess, as a motto that she's keeping libraries in business, thus the, the publicly funded question. Well, so. <laughs> I'm just trying yeah, to do my part, so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I appreciate that. I appreciate that uh, that marketing campaign you're putting out there. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, so let's transition into a conversation about about what we're all gathered to talk about and, and the sort of unique commonality between the, the three of y'all. Want to talk about the ACC Leadership Symposium? So. Kate, I was hoping that you could uh, get us started with just sort of a baseline. One of these questions seems very obvious to me as someone who's followed sports my whole life, but I've recently realized that that's not true, and uh, one of them is not as clear. So can you tell me what is the ACC and what is the ACC Leadership Symposium? You know, it's funny, Miles, that you say that, that you the first one is an obvious one because the ACC Leadership Symposium has it's you know housed on our website, the, the fact that we send a delegation. And I get a call at least once a year from a student sometimes locally, sometimes somewhere else in the nation um, that goes to a school that is not in the ACC, and they are really curious how they can come to our ACC Leadership Symposium. And I always struggle to sort of explain to them that they, they can't because it's for <laughs> ACC students. And, and then the, the follow-up question is always, well, what's the ACC? So I don't think it's a dumb question. Mm -hmm. um, so the ACC is the Atlantic Coast Conference. Um, it is a collegiate athletic conference. Um, and we um, have a number of institutions that are represented in that conference, both private, public, small, large. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting conference. Um, and the symposium is um, the attempt that has come out of the ACC, really more specifically the Atlantic Coast Conference Academic Consortium, which maybe to this conversation is even more important. Um, and that is um, a grouping of people really um, spearheaded by one individual, but who uh, seeks to enrich the educational missions of all of our institutions, um, especially the undergraduate student experience, not just for student athletes, but for all students in the ACC institutions. And so the symposium is one of a number of initiatives that have come out of that. And it is really it's a, a three-day um, experience for undergraduate students to come together across all the ACC institutions um, and to learn about leadership and to practice leadership and have an opportunity to to learn from their peers um, to um, sort of work in concert together uh, to learn and to affect change. So. Um, formally, the, the mission of the ACC Leadership Symposium is to develop a community of ACC undergraduate students 
to understand the relationship between global and local issues and work to create innovative initiatives that advance students' capacity for global leadership. Um, and, and what that looks like is a, a three-day experience, typically in the spring semester, February to April, somewhere in there, where we all get to come together and the host institution gets to really drive what the weekend looks like, but it is always focused around that idea of developing capacity for global leadership. And it's typically focused on a specific um, topic or issue. So, for example, we hosted here at Clemson a couple of years ago, and we focused our symposium around student activism. Katie can tell you a little bit about what they have up their sleeve at Duke this year. Um, but yeah, in short, that's what it's about. Okay, awesome. So, Andrew, I was hoping, I know that the University of Miami is really uh, is really integral in sort of the story of how this how this unique um, this unique collaboration got started. So I was hoping you could just sort of give us a rundown of how the ACC Leadership Symposium got off the ground and what and what got this this cool thing moving. Yes, for sure. Well, thanks for the question. And so I had to dig back into my history books about you know like where we were going and where we came from. Um, and so. I was able to get a document from, from the past of what, what actually took place. And so this actually started back, the ACC like, conference idea started back in the 2000s. Um, at that time, it was just really about uh, almost just like student government leaders. And there was like two or three students, and there was like a budget of around $10,000. Um, but typically, like I said, it was just those student government officers from the institution getting together. But um, then in 2007, um, the, the ACC presidents of each of the institutions um, looked toward the, the ACC um, academic consortium. And they really wanted to see how they could redesign this conference. And what I did find out was back when we hosted the ACC in 2014, um, was that our president at the time, um, Donna Chalet, was an integral piece of that. Um, she let us know during that symposium that she really pushed um, the ACC Academic Consortium to really begin to look to further align um, how we can work with new student leadership and outcomes to support the academic student leadership development on all of our campuses. Um, and so taking um, funding, though, from the academic or, or from the um, Athletic Coast Conference and putting that toward our students, so taking a, a section of that. And now at that point, I believe in 2007, it was about a $50,000 budget. Um, to bring together five to six students um, along with an advisor um, to each of these symposiums. So that change started in 2007 um, when they began to get together. And then they also um, brought together all the Vice President for Student Affairs at each institution to be consulted about what that might look like. Um, and that's kind of where the mission and vision began to um, come forward. Um, and so seeing that um, that, that became instrumental in how those funds were used and making sure that those funds were available for our students across the conference um, to fund the symposium and, and how that was also integral into the ACC, um, I guess the, the academic consortium. They also put on a few other programs throughout the year, but to make this one of the highlights um, for our students. And now that it's expanded, um, the conference has expanded over time since even I've been in the, in the symposium. Now the funding has gone up to 75000 to help still bring those students um, from each of the institutions. And so it, there's no fee to the students or the advisors, um, but to make sure that they 
are able to come, and each year there's a the theme, as, as we mentioned, um, and it's hosted at a different institution each year. Um, and then that, the symposium now is led by the advisory board, which includes a member of each of the campuses. Um, and so each year they meet, they talk, um, and then each institution will host with a different theme. And so I know this year there's a new theme, and then um, each year before um, there's been a theme that students have, have been part of. Okay, awesome, awesome. So uh, Katie, Andrew shared there that the, that the symposium rotates from campus to campus each year, and I know that Duke is the host, uh, is the host for 2018. So, um, you know, I think, a, I think an interesting question is, what does the planning process look, look like for the host campus, and, and what do you all have planned for this year? Yeah, so we are very excited to host at Duke this year. Um, the planning process for us has been very time-consuming, but also very fun. Um, I've gotten <laughs> to be the chair of the logistics committee, which is totally my bailiwick, um, and has just kind of shaken up it has shaken up the normal work of our office, which has been really nice. So Jesse Simmons, who is the coordinator in our center, has been the fearless leader of pulling all of this together with the committees and the whole process. Um, he and I started planning the timeline out about probably over a year ago. Um, we started meeting as a big committee, so it has been a long time coming, um, and it feels like it just it happened very quickly. It's here next weekend, and we can't believe it. Um, but we have, we have a group of about 20 colleagues from across campus, colleagues and students, who came together to be on a logistics committee, a social committee, and a curriculums committee. And our first task was picking the theme, like Kate and Andrew were mentioning, there's a theme to each conference. And the big, the big conversation that came up for us in our committee was that we wanted to acknowledge the tensions going on um, last year and now with national politics and local societies. And we settled on the theme of contentious times, a call for courageous leadership. That really rang a bell for us, and we were excited to be able to plan a curriculum around um, the ideas of really empowering our students as leaders to deal with conflict and to deal with uh, different situations where people might come with viewpoints that they don't share, but they have to work through all that together. So the student delegations are coming in to work on we collected case studies around different topics like free speech and gender issues and um, you know campus representation. And so the student delegations are coming in and they're going to be paired up into groups where they work on those different case studies and kind of talk talk about and think about during the weekend and through workshops how they would deal with them as student leaders um, to really get into the meat of what it means to be a leader in contentious times. Um, so they're going to be here going through a curriculum, but also having some fun and doing some social activities together and really just getting to network and know each other while we show them Duke's beautiful campus. Okay, great. That's awesome. So I wondered, um, Andrew, when you are bringing your students, so you're bringing your students up to up to Duke next weekend, what outcomes are you seeking? What do you hope that your students are going to be getting out of the symposium? Yeah. No, great question. And one, this is one of my, I would say, highlights each year to bring students to this symposium. And the reason why is the, the first of all is the connections. I think the connections that they can have with each other, the students that are coming from the individual campus, but also the connections they're making from all the other campuses um, that are represented. 
So whether they're put into project groups or they're, they're meeting with each other throughout the weekend, <clears throat> I, really, I really feel that's a, the, one of the biggest benefits of having a symposium where you bring together all these students from across the, the coast and have a, the ability to interact and, and work with each other around the passion that they each have. Um, but then also, you know, secondly, is to really gain this, this deep understanding of the topic, whatever each institution is, is hosting, whatever, however their, um, I guess, the sessions, the projects that they're working on, that they can take those and then bring those back to our campuses, our individual campuses, and especially our own. Um, and implement something within our campus community or take the knowledge that they gained um, during the symposium and further bring that back to the campus and here in, in, in my case, Miami um, and the local region. Um, and so that's another area. And then just also finally just to better understand themselves and really their own impact in the world that they have and taking those tools, those ideas, um, and bringing that to their own future and their own career and knowing that this experience helped propel them, hopefully, into their own future. Um, and so, you know, those are three things that I really feel are important. And from all of that, it's really that connection among everyone and hopefully staying connected to the people that they were able to, to be part of during that weekend. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, so I, I think that, that that transitions well to, uh, to think through the, the next question, which, which we'll, you know, get to a little bit. Um, uh, Katie, as a quick aside, you've been planning this for a year. Do you ever get tired of the word symposium? I got tired of it writing it, right? just preparing for this. <laughs> you know, I actually, I don't because I think it's so much more interesting than the word conference. I think it makes Ooh. it sound fancier that, you know, we've invited students to a symposium. <laughs> no, it does. I agree. I, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, good. Okay. So uh, uh, that uh, tangent complete, um, what do you think makes the ACC Leadership uh, Symposium unique and really worth consideration for other conferences or affiliations of schools? Mm -hmm. um, I think what Andrew was just saying about the connections piece really stuck a chord with me. It may, it may sound really silly, but you know these are students who are all at different schools that have sports rivalries, and so they get very caught up in, you know, I go to my particular school and I'm not okay with the other ACC schools because they beat us that one time, or you know whatever's going on with like the Duke UNC rivalry. But when these students come together at the symposium and realize that they do have things in common and they all are interested in this sort of topic and can kind of just hang out together and be students together and make connections that way. Um, I think that's always really impressive and something that my students have come back from the symposium in past years and talked about and have kept up those connections, which I think really says something. Um, I think the other thing that makes it unique is the way that we do switch off the hosting responsibilities, I think it's a really great opportunity for the different schools in the conference to you know, not only welcome different groups to their campus and really kind of plan an agenda um, that shows off the individuality, individuality at each campus, but also um, 
sometimes the schools are able to pick a theme that taps into what's really important to them. So I know last year at Wake Forest, their theme was around thriving because they're running you know, a campus wellness, wellness initiative, and that was really important for them to share with the students. So I think the opportunity to gather these students together to make non-rivalry connections and have this, you know, them visiting different campuses are both great aspects of the program, the symposium. <laughs> ah, see, I see what happened there. All right, Kate. Um, okay, so you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting in our in our conversation beforehand about. Um, well, I'll just ask the question, I suppose. Uh, what value have you found through the networking advisor development that are basically wonderful byproducts of the symposium? Yeah, I love the way you say that. I think they are. You know, that's not the intent of us coming together. The intent is for for the students. It's a student focused um, event. I'm with Katie. I love symposium. It's way better than <laughs> conference. Um, but yeah. Katie said programs. Did you hear? I heard programs. Well, I, any of the above, but symposium definitely sounds fanciest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're there to, in a lot of ways, for logistical support and, and you know, I don't like the word chaperone, but we're, we're traveling with students to be there at the event. Um, but selfishly, it is, I'm with Andrew, it is one of my one of the best parts of my job to go every year. And part of that is to see the student learning that happens. But part of that is um, the formal and informal sort of professional development that results for me every time I attend. And um, I think just the idea sharing that happens by being in a room full of advisors who are doing the same work as you day to day, um, but are doing it at really different places. You know, Duke is a very different institution than Clemson is. Wake Forest is a really different institution than Clemson is. Um, Boston College, Miami, there's a lot of places that are very different. And there's a lot that I think are, are pretty similar. And I learn from the advisors at places that are the same as us or similar to us about what they're doing and what might work on our campus. And I think I'm challenged by some of the things that are happening on other campuses that, that sometimes when I hear them seem like they might be a reach for us or might be impossible for us, but it does sort of reignite my energy around the work that I do. Um, I think to not every person that attends as an advisor has this opportunity, but I, I was here when we hosted, and so I think that's a completely different professional development experience and sort of um, development experience for, for people that get to be on the hosting side. I think all three of us who are on the call here with you have had that opportunity, and I will say it was one of the biggest challenges in my professional career to, to host, but also I think something I, I learned a lot from, learned a lot about um, you know, my students, myself, and, and some of the other, some of my peers and my colleagues in the field, so. Yeah, yeah, I, well, and I, I just, I think that that's very convicting for, a, particularly for these, these jobs like the ones that y'all hold, which don't have, like, a lot of, like, very natural inputs into them, you know, like, I, you know, I imagine that, you know, if, you know, like, y'all may have had one class in your graduate program that, that talked about specifically about student leadership development. You get a lot about student development, but, you know, it, it, and so the idea that this is, you know, that this is a place where y'all can really come and, and develop and build a network and, and share ideas is, I, I think it, I find it to be really compelling. So, Absolutely. yeah, so let's end with a quick round robin. Y'all have each been taking students to this, uh, to this symposium for several years. Can you each share an anecdote about visible student impact um, during or after the program? And maybe, Andrew, you could start first. 
Oh, sure. Yes. And I love, I love the word symposium too. So um, I'm with everybody. <laughs> um, so uh, especially after hosting it too. So, um, so I would say I'm going to go back to 2012. Um, so we remember 2012. And I believe that was hosted at um, UNC. And at that time, the, the topic was around water. And um, our students that went, I, this was, I took some students that were pretty young at that point, and they, um, they really decided to, to engage in this. They didn't really know what they were going for in terms of the water. I, there were some groups that actually went, and they sent their groups specifically. The students were all focused around water. My students that went um, had an idea about the symposium and around the topic, but we each get to choose our own students that go, and this is the group that I chose to go. They came back, um, created this huge campaign around um, really going like bottleless um, waters for programs and events. Um, and ever since that um, symposium, all of our like service days that we go out in the community, um, we do not use um, bottled water. Um, we we talk about you know the importance of of preserving water. Um, we allow we have we we they they instituted um, getting large orange ten gallon water coolers for each of the groups that go out on these service days that bring out a thousand students to the community. And so for those students, that was really initiated from that um, symposium and. Then they also started an organization called Take Back the Tap on campus, and um, they started celebrating World Water Day. But because of that, um, that experience, they then also created proposals for the Clinton Global Initiative around sustainable water usage. So th this, this idea of the symposium came back full force to the campus. And that's just one example where I've seen students, and that was a major one, but this one really took hold and still is present today because of that experience back in 2012. So that, that was one that still stands out to me. And the students are actually graduated, I think, and gone, but it's still going. So. Wow. That's really neat. I, I hope uh, whoever picked that theme is listening to this uh, <laughs> and, gets to, and gets to hear that. Okay. Uh, Kate, how about you? I have two quick ones. I hope you'll um, entertain that. Um, I think that, so part of what is really incredible to me about the symposium is sort of that it, it, it I feel like it works for any student. And I say that to say that um, every year, Andrew mentioned that we, we select our delegations and we try really hard at Clemson anyway to, to send some emerging leaders and some really established leaders. And so I have sort of an example of both, but I think from like an emerging leader perspective, um, I'll go back to the year that Andrew hosted us at Miami, and we had a student who um, I think was shocked that she was selected to go. I think she was, she felt really in over her head the entire time she was there. I think she, on numerous occasions, she came to me and said, I, I can't believe you picked me to come to this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a leader. I, I don't know how to do leadership. I'm not a leader, over and over. Um, and she, you know, I don't keep up with her day-to-day, -day, but I keep up with her via social media, as we do. Um, and she's just gone on to do really incredible things. She's in a PhD program. I think her confidence just skyrocketed by being a part of the symposium. I think sort of the what we're trying to do, like investing in students, worked for her. She felt invested in. She felt like someone saw leadership potential in her and that she was able to spend this really intensive weekend exploring that and exploring herself and, and learning from other people. And so... Um, so I think it was really incredibly sort of personally for her. And then I think the other anecdote would be on the opposite <laughs> spectrum, so opposite side of the spectrum, and that would be 
a student that um, we took to Notre Dame and then who was able to serve on our planning committee when we hosted here and served as a chair for the conference. And I think she's sort of the opposite end and being super established as a leader on campus. I think if you asked students when she was here, you know, name some student leaders at Clemson, she would be on almost anyone's list. Um, and, and I think she almost went to the symposium not, not inflated or not feeling like she was, you know, superior, but I think she felt confident in her leadership. And I think for her, it was a chance to, to be challenged in a way that maybe she wasn't feeling challenged on our campus and to meet with peers who were doing really incredible things and to sort of be re-inspired and re-motivated. And um, she came back and established, we have an on-campus food pantry that she was really the, the driving force behind. And I think she um, got some of that idea at the symposium, but certainly got the the skill set to be able to, to push that forward and to, to drive change um, and, and, you know, work with administrators and work with campus, um, other campus stakeholders in our local community and, and really make a, a meaningful impact on our campus. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, Katie, how about, how about you? I, I have two as well that I'm going to share. Um, so I think my first one is from uh, the University of Miami too. Uh, that was the first time I had taken a group of students to ACC and I was put in a project group with students around the topic of gentrification. And I had one of my Duke students who was in that group with me. And even though it was just the two of us in that group and our other students were in different project groups for the weekend on our trip home, the conversation for all of us really started revolving around that idea of gentrification. And my student and I were able to share what we had learned over the weekend because Durham has been, um, you know, booming and changing for a couple years now. And when you're a student at Duke, you sort of get caught up in this Duke bubble and you don't always pay attention to what's happening in Durham. But when, you know, my Duke student was in a presentation group about gentrification, he had a lot of thoughts about what was going on in Durham and the parallels and all sorts of things. So we talked about that on the plane ride home with everyone. And when my students got back, anytime I would see them afterwards, you know, it was still something that they were really thinking about. And they would tell me that they had started talking to their fellow students about it and, you know, really encouraging and pushing students to get out in Durham and um, kind of thinking about the repercussions and ripple effects of gentrification in their own city. So um, it was just really cool to see them applying what they learned at the conference to where they actually went to school. And I think my second one is just, you know, being on this planning team for the last year or so and having students on it who went to the symposium at Wake Forest last year and just sort of seeing how excited they've been to plan the same experience for some of their fellow students. You know, they had they had um, different projects and moments at Wake that really inspired them to even join our planning team and to kind of be with them as they process what they liked and what they want to change and how they want to bring their own personal spin to things and just seeing them really excited about all of that has been very inspiring. And I'm, I can't wait to see how they actually show up on the weekend because I think they are just very excited to have everyone here. Well. I can't wait to, to hear how next weekend goes. I'm excited about the excited about the experience for y'all, um, and uh, yeah, hope it's hope it's a great weekend. So. Um,
Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the NASA Leadership Podcast presented by the NASA Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. Thanks, Andrew Weimer, Kate Radford, and Katie Colloran. You can find out more about the ACC Leadership Symposium by firing up that Google machine. I really look for a URL, but it seems like everybody just writes about it on their own website. So, um, yep, you know, there it is, Google. And uh, you can find more information about the KC on our various social media outlets, including facebook.com backslash SALead, on Twitter at NASPSLPKC, on Instagram at NASPA underscore SLPKC. And you can also connect with me on Twitter. I'm at at Miles, M-Y-L-E-S underscore Surrett, S-U-R-R-E-T-T. And finally, if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, we'd love to hear about your program. Please shoot an email to nationalleaderpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Al. Thank, Thank you. you.